Welcome to this week's podcast from Terelgan City Church. We hope this message transforms and equips you to reach out. For more information about what's happening at TCC, head to terelgancitychurch.com or check us out on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you this morning. And even though we're not here together as one in body, physically, I can see you smiling. I can see your welcome looks. And I can see your love. And I just want you to know how greatly you each are loved also. And there will be a time when we'll come back together and worship together. And what a joyous day that will be. But until then, we are still able to worship our God in spirit and in truth. And today I'm going to continue that theme of prayer because we're still in our time of prayer and fasting. We haven't got long to go yet, but we are still setting that time aside and believing in answered prayer as we do do that sacrifice and prayer and fasting. And we've had some great teachings. And I really pray that through the power of God's Holy Spirit that this morning the word that I'm to bring will encourage you also. So, Father, we hand this morning over to you. In all that is spoken, Holy Spirit, I would ask that you would empower the words that you would give understanding to your people and that you would bless us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you desperate for authentic revival? Revival that goes throughout the nations, that turns the world upside down, that transforms communities, that brings godless God back into the hearts and the homes of people? Are you passionate to see people saved? Not just one or two, but thousands upon thousands. And does your heart cry to see Holy Spirit-powered miracles, people healed, prayers answered? I know I do. And I'm sure you do also. And there's only one way that that can happen, and that is through praying. Prayer, it is so powerful. And we know that prayer comes out of relationship with God, don't we? We've heard about our God being a relational God. We know his power and his might. He is the I am. And we know from what Pastor Chris said last week, that the power of prayer is so much greater when we come together united and pray, just like Moses did when his hands were held up by his friends, praying together. And so the power of prayer, it is for every believer to be a prayer or to be an intercessor, that's just another term for being a prayer. Praying for salvations, praying for healings, praying for revivals and miracles. Nowhere in the Bible will you see the term gift 
of intercession or gift of prayer. It's not there. It's not mentioned. It doesn't exist. Prayer is not a gift. Intercession is not a gift. It is the responsibility and the privilege of every believer. Because every believer is a priest. And the priest goes before the Father and intercedes on behalf of those in need. And you can read this, in Peter says it in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You are a royal priesthood and a priestly kingdom. And you read it also in Revelation chapter 5, verse 10, where it tells us, through your blood, Jesus, you have made us into priests and kings. We are priests and it is up to us to pray. Prayer is awesome. I was thinking about this the other day, how awesome prayer is. When you step into your prayer closet, which is really just your quiet place that you go when you want to pray, you are stepping in to the throne room of God. You are moving from the natural realm into the spiritual realm and you're moving into the very presence of our Heavenly Father and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And Paul tells us this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. You have been raised up and you have been placed in heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. You are in the very presence of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but that blows my mind. No wonder prayer is so powerful. And that's why James said the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective because we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all united with us as we pray. We're not alone in our prayer life. We have the Holy Spirit interceding with us and for us, as well as Jesus who continuously intercedes for you before his Father. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, Paul tells us that Jesus lives forever to intercede with God on our behalf. When we pray, we are praying in the Spirit. Because otherwise, we're praying in our own strength and in our own understanding. And we don't want to do that, do we? I'm sure, though, with prayer, you've had hard times. Hard times in prayer where you simply don't know what you should pray about. Or if you do know what you want to pray about, you just don't know how to express your prayers. And there may have been times when you felt so dry and unmotivated. Life hasn't been too good. The last thing you feel like doing is praying. But you do. You overcome that and you come before your God and you do pray. 
because you are desperate for breakthrough. And prayer is a partnership with the Holy Spirit. You were never, ever meant to do it solo. When you pray, invite the Holy Spirit to come alongside you, and he will. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not barge in. He never barges in uninvited. Tell him that you need him and welcome him into your prayer life. Because praying in the Spirit, with the Spirit, means that the Spirit empowers the prayer and carries it to the Father in the name of Jesus. And who wouldn't want that? The Holy Spirit knows the heart of God and he will guide you in your prayers. And so the ministry of intercessional prayer is continuous and unbroken and we are to participate in it alongside with the Godhead. And Paul exhorts us to rejoice always and pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 We are called to pray without ceasing for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for each one of us. Now, you might be thinking that is a really big ask. In fact, you might think that it's impossible. But it isn't. It isn't impossible. Not only is it possible to pray without ceasing, but it's possible to do so without making any significant changes to your schedule or your commitments. Now, in saying that, let me also say that we should always endeavour to find time to set aside to pray in our quiet place with Jesus. Always we should try to do that. But throughout the day, we can make our day a lifestyle of prayer. It can come as naturally as breathing in everything that we do. We can still go about what we have to do, go to work, look after our family, go and have fun, but all the time, because our God is our relational God, we're always connected to him. Our mind is always towards him. We are able to continually pray. So when you're changing the oil in your car, boys, or when you're changing the baby's nappy and something comes in your mind, a friend who needs prayer, a situation or some sort of a burden, just take it straight to God. You can still be doing what you're doing. You don't have to stop. And you can continue to pray. Some people call these arrow prayers. Our God is a great listener. And you don't always have to be praying as such and asking about things. You can be just sharing with him your thoughts. So as I said, pray without ceasing. And prayer, because it is relational, 
becomes as natural as breathing. The only way souls are saved, the sick are healed, demons cast out, churches established, and the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit released is for people to pray. And it is time to unleash the power of God Almighty on the earth through our unceasing prayers to heaven. We know it's time. We see the urgency of the time. And we have the answer in our hands to pray. Prayer. Often we don't know the result of our prayer. And it reminded me of something that happened to me many years ago and how for many years I didn't know the result of our prayer. When I was 19 years old, I was diagnosed with rheumatic fever and confined to bed for three months. Now, well, for a 19-year-old person, that's pretty devastating. I had a full life. I was working full-time in the chem lab at at the um, power station. I was the um, youth leader. I was a Sunday school teacher, and plus I had a social life. And so that's the last thing I wanted to hear, but there it was. Rheumatic fever, especially in those times, was a a really nasty disease. It's an inflammatory disease that affects the body's connective tissues, especially those in the hearts, the joints and the brain, hence probably what I'm like. And um, it causes severe joint pain, really severe joint pain, muscle inflammation and extreme exhaustion. But the main danger is the resulting heart damage because your heart is a muscle and it inflames your heart. Well, one day my minister came and he prayed with me. And it was a simple little prayer for healing and I greatly appreciated it. And I wasn't healed. I still had to stay in bed for three months. But the love that he had for me was great. But it wasn't until many, many years later, in fact, only five years ago, I had to have this gamut of tests for my heart. And, of course, I'd had this shadow hanging over my head for years of heart damage, and I always had to disclose the fact that I'd had rheumatic fever. I have a perfect heart. No damage at all. And I realise now that that prayer was powerful and effective and God did heal me and I thank God for that, the power of prayer. As I said, we often don't know the impact our prayer is having and we may never know. Our prayers are not bound by time and our God is not bound by time. Prayers are answered in God's perfect timing and in his perfect way. And even when we've left this world, God is still at work and many of the things we have prayed will come into fruition. So do not be disheartened. Do not give up. Keep praying. I believe that many of us here today are being blessed and are protected by the prayers of others who have come before us and prayed on our behalf and from those who pray for us even now. So keep on praying. So now I want to take you on a bit of a journey. Seeing we're not allowed to travel at present, we may as well go on this journey. And it's 
deeper into the power of prayer. And it's through the experience of travailing prayer. Now, these are just words, really, just labels for things. It's still prayer, but it has a bit of a different characteristic to it. Prevailing prayer is when we pray fervently for something or someone, and it's called travailing in prayer. And it, you, you've probably found it yourself when you're interceding for those in crisis or praying for the lost or praying for direction on critical decisions. It can be agonizing. It can be very emotional. When you have been praying, have you ever felt a deep distress and grief? Have you ever found that you couldn't stop crying, that these tears just welled up from nowhere in a sense and you began grieving and crying? This is travailing prayer. And a great example is our Lord Jesus who travailed in prayer. And Luke describes this in the Garden of Gethsemane, just before his arrest, this is how Luke says it, being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Our Saviour travailed in prayer. Travailing prayer is a manifestation of the grief of the heart of God. A beautiful truth is that the Holy Spirit uses our hearts and emotions to weep and cry through. The Spirit of God expresses his grief in this way through us. Most Christians have experienced this without even realising it was the work of the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand that for years. And, but it's great to know that that's what's happening. When we have a burden for others and become sorrowful over them, it is usually the Holy Spirit crying through us over the situation because God's heart is burdened for people. He grieves for people and he's looking for hearts that he can cry and weep through, hearts that are soft, hearts that are willing, hearts that are concerned for the lost and dying world. Sometimes I've found you may not even know who or what you're praying or travailing for. You may just suddenly feel this deep burden as you're praying or even when you're going around doing your daily living, a deep burden comes upon you and you start praying. If you pray in tongues, that's what you usually do, just start praying in tongues. And this this just... Deep, deep sorrow wells up from within and you can start crying. And I say, don't stop. Don't stop what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. Allow the Holy Spirit to move through you until he has finished his work. And when he has, you'll feel a peace come and that sense of completeness. And God has achieved through your prayer and through your willingness to partner with him he has completed the task. There is answered prayer somewhere for someone. How wonderful. Travailing prayer, powerful. And it doesn't always come with crying and weeping. It doesn't always come with visible tears. 
it can occur deep within us and it cannot be uttered. It's so deep, deep within deep. We just hurt on the inside for others. And in Romans 8, verse 26 in the Message Bible, it's described this way. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. The Lord is searching for hearts that will intercede and he will use them many times to travail. Now I'm going to give you an example of the effect of travailing prayer. And it happened in Wales, that tiny little country of Wales in Great Britain, in the year 1904, and I wasn't even born then. But I like Wales because that's where my ancestors came from. Now it started with a man called Seth Joshua. He began praying. He'd been praying for years that God would raise up a young man from the coal pits of Wales to revive the churches. Because in Wales, there were coal pits everywhere. That was the employment of the men in those times. They would go deep underground. It was dirty, dangerous work and it wasn't very well paid and they didn't have uh, safety standards or anything. And so that's where they worked. And this man, Seth, was praying to God to raise up a young man to revive the churches. He had no idea what he had started when he started praying that prayer because his prayer was answered in a life-changing experience for a young Welsh collier, Evan Roberts. During the spring of 1904, Evan was repeatedly woken up at one in the morning and he met with God in prayer until five in the morning. His brother recorded later that months before the revival broke out, night after night his brother would be writhing and groaning in his sleep, uttering terrible groans which the brother could not understand. Evan Roberts was travailing in prayer. He's talking about a prayer that cannot be expressed in words. It's so deep, it goes so far beyond our natural understanding that we just have to let the Holy Spirit travail through us. That's placing your trust and your faith in God. And that is what brought about the revival in Wales. I want to share just a short description of this revival. It swept through Wales. They couldn't keep the numbers of salvation. They think maybe there are about 150,000, but that was just a moderate guess. It changed the whole of community, the whole character of the communities, because they were heavy drinkers, they were blasphemers, they were swearers, they were rough, rough working class people without hope, with dysfunctional families. Well, it was changed from depravity to glorious goodness, it says. The crime rate dropped. In fact, the police pretty well were out of work. What they ended up doing was escorting 
the populace to the chapel for their worship because they all wanted to go and worship God. And when the magistrate had turned up to court, there was nobody to try. Well, the alcohol trade wasn't too happy either because it was decimated. The men stopped going to the pub. Now, these men, they would go from work to the pub, got drunk, spent all their money, go home, fights, unhappy families, get up in the morning and start over again. That was their life. Now, they'd leave work, they'd go home, straight home to their families and spend time with them. They didn't want to go to the pub. And so, they didn't have the same poverty. They were able to pay their bills. Their family was happy. They renewed friendships. Here's something else that happened. Now, this one, I love this. So they were colliers. They worked in the mines. And as I said, these men, they had foul mouths. They knew how to swear. And they stopped swearing. But also they had pit ponies underground who pulled the coal. And those pit ponies, all they'd ever heard was swearing and abuse. And suddenly the workers stopped swearing at them. Well, it was a bit like having somebody talk to you in a different language. They didn't know what was going on. But the work production increased. There was joy and happiness underground in those coal mines. And we used to hear swearing and dirty jokes. Now all you could hear was praise and hymns to God. And if you've ever heard Welsh men sing, they have the most beautiful voices, I think, in the whole world. This is how Wales was changed into a God-fearing nation through prayer. And you might think, well, yeah, that was in uh, 1904, so what? The Apostolic Church, which is now Acts Global Churches, was birthed out of that Welsh revival. In 1930, a missionary called William Cathcart came out to Australia and he joined up with a man called John Hewitt. We all know the Hewitt name, don't we? We love have our lovely Ruth Hewitt. And they had revival meetings and through the power and the move of the Holy Spirit, Acts Global Church was born and we are a part of that movement, thanks to the prayer of faithful believers. To be more effective in our prayer life, we need to learn how to surrender to the Holy Spirit, to not try and do it on our own, but to join forces with the Godhead, to come into that deep place and surrender to him in our prayer life. We have the Holy Spirit We have free access to the throne room through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and we can come boldly before the throne in prayer. For through Christ we have all access by one spirit to the Father. So let us continue praying. Praying in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for the saints. Ephesians 6.18 And just as I finish up now, this is more on a personal note once again. There is a beautiful praise song called Oceans. And now this song 
has helped me through some really difficult times. And I, I think especially of the time when our grandson, Callum, he had Burkitt's lymphoma uh, from which he passed away. And I went through a, a terrible time during that. It was a time when I struggled. I thought, why, God, haven't you answered our prayers? The church had been fasting and praying. We'd been fervent in our prayers. And God chose to take Callum to be with him. And I would listen to this song because I wanted to press deeply into God. I knew that was the answer. I had to press into him no matter what. And I would listen to it. And this chorus, I just want to share the chorus with you. And this chorus can apply to your personal life. This chorus can apply to our prayer life. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Saviour. Spirit, lead us where our trust is without borders. Let us walk upon the waters wherever you would lead us. Take us deeper, Lord, than our feet could ever wander And our faith will be made stronger in the presence of our Saviour. When we intercede or pray, we are placing our whole trust and faith in our God. So I urge you today to never stop praying, never give up, and to surrender completely to the Holy Spirit as you pray and go deeper into your prayer life as you intercede on behalf of others and then stand back and be amazed at what your God will do. Your prayers are making a difference, even if you're not seeing it in the natural realm. In the spiritual realm, God is doing immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. So let us pray. We thank you, our God. We thank you that you are our faithful God and you have promised that you will listen to our prayers and that you will answer our prayers. We thank you that we are not alone when we pray, that we're in your presence, God, God the Father, with Jesus interceding on our behalf and with the Holy Spirit interceding with us. How blessed we are. And so, Father, Help us, help us to remain firm in our faith and to never give up praying, but to press in believing that the power of prayer is making a vast and amazing difference in this world. And we thank you, even though we haven't seen many of our prayers answered, we thank you because we know that you are answering them. In Jesus' name, amen. So be blessed, everyone, until we see each other again. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. For more information about TCC, check out TerrellganCityChurch.com.